You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Coming at you from the Vivid Seats studios. Use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. First-time customers only. So I think um, I think watching the game may have been sort of useless. Um, we I, I feel like I learned pretty much everything I needed to learn before the game started. Right Here's the guys that are not suiting up. These are the guys that are starting. And uh, after that, probably could just go to bed. So I don't anticipate this being a very long episode, partially because there isn't much. Um, the, the big news isn't what happened yesterday. It's what's going to come today and tomorrow, which is a f- flurry of cuts. And so I kind of want to just talk about some of the things that we may have learned or not learned um, based on what I just said. And some other information before we move on. I've been thinking about Patreon quite a bit, and I've, I've been kind of leaning toward I either need to do something with it or just get rid of it, and I don't want to get rid of it. So I needed something to offer. So I've got a few ideas. If you are currently supporting me on Patreon, here is what's coming your way. Um, at, at $5 and above, I'm going to do the CBS Pick and Pool again. It's not going to be run just, you know, I'm, I'm not doing a lot of the stuff I was doing last year because it's too much. But I will do the Pick and Pool because that's relatively easy. Um, but it's just going to be for the $5 and above folks. So if that's you, go ahead and check out Patreon. Uh, I put the link in there already. If you're having any problems, let me know. And then the plan, and I don't want anyone rushing off to Patreon and, and giving any money because it's not solidified yet, and you know how I am with commitments. But what I'm planning on doing is doing some video breakdowns, and that is to say, so at 10 bucks and above, there's going to be videos available just watching certain players. So it's, it's, it, and it's not going to be kind of like the, the Brett Coleman stuff, because that's not really my my thing, like breaking down technique. and so, No, it's just going to be like a watch party, like, hey, man, let's watch Rashawn Gary. And, of course, that's going to lead to a lot of plays that we watch other people. But that would be the goal for that day, is to, to just go back and watch maybe the All-22 of Rashawn Gary. Maybe we just go back and watch the, the whatever. So that'll be that. And I don't know how many... Obviously, because I'm me, I would like to do seven a week, but that's probably not realistic. And then um, for the 20 and above folks, basically it would be that we can do it live. So there will be a live video available where we could watch it together. So, and then, you know, if you're at the 10 mark, you can watch it after the fact. So that's my thought. That's, that's my plan on how to give back to the people that are supporting me currently. And again, if you are not already supporting me, just wait. Unless you want to get in the CBS pool or whatever, that's fine. But just 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 hold off a little bit that's just my plan i'm just letting the folks that are in there know that that's my plan for for y'alls um what else oh i know speaking of fun football games how about the biggest nfl season long tournament ever how about 3.5 million dollars in cash prizes how about a million dollar top prize how about the draft best ball tournament 
No management, set it and forget it, no trades, no waiver wires, you don't have to set your lineup, none of that stuff. Just jump into one of these drafts that are running every few minutes, draft your team, and you are done. And of course, in 16 weeks, the goal is for you to win a million dollars, and then obviously you would then help me with my um, my taco addiction. I don't mean help me stop eating, I mean help me like buy the shells and the cheese and, uh, and the meat. Maybe I'll upgrade to steak. Just depends how generous you want to be, I guess. But for a limited time only, you can get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit. But you got to use promo code PACKERNET. That's a free shot at a million bucks just by using my promo code PACKERNET when you make your first deposit on Draft. Search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and come play free with promo code PACKERNET. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so right out of the gate, we got the, uh, the people who are not dressing. So I'll just kind of run through this. Um, most of these are kind of no-brainers. Aaron Rodgers. But number two on the list, Alan Lazard. I found that shocking because as far as I know, there's only two reasons why you don't dress. You're hurt or you're on the team. I'm also noticing because I'm looking at this and I'm saying there's only five wide receivers and MVS isn't on here, but they listed him as a tight end. I don't know what in the world. So I guess there were six. So let's just look at the wide receivers. Jake Kumaro, Devontae Adams, Equinemius, Hurt, Geronimo, uh, MVS, and Lazard, that would be six. Do we have any other tight ends that are actually wide receivers on here? The other weird thing, though, is Trevor Davis was on the field. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm blowing this out of proportion. I don't really know. But if I didn't know better, I would say that this, <laughs> this is still down to the question of are we keeping Shepard or are we keeping Trevor Davis? Which is what I said a long time ago, but decided to change my mind because Trevor Davis is still... I mean, Trevor Davis definitely made the team in my mind. It's a matter of, are we keeping Alan Lazard or Darius Shepard? But Alan Lazard didn't even suit up. And again, unless he's hurt, he made the team. And the only reason you would put Trevor Davis and Darius Shepard on the field is because you're not sure who's going to make the team yet. Meaning, maybe my first instinct was correct, but that they only want one of these guys. And the question is... Do we? I mean, it's it's very similar to the the uh, Fick and Crosby thing in my mind, which, by the way, makes me sick, and we'll get to that. But in a sense, it's we know Trevor Davis, we trust Dever- Trevor Davis, we think he's going to be good enough for us. But if we can move on with the younger guy, and you know, we also understand that there's some issues with Trevor Davis. He hasn't been a very good wide receiver in the past. He's got some issues with drops, et cetera, et cetera. We'd kind of like to move on with Darius Shepard, but we're not sure if we're there yet. I'm not sure that's exactly the thought process, but I'm I'm just trying to navigate what in the world is going on right now because apparently in this world, Alan Lazard doesn't play, but Shepard and Davis do. Now, I, I, again, 
The last time I was really confused like this, turns out there was a very good reason for it. So maybe Lazard is hurt, and if he is, this all makes sense again. Because essentially, you have to have some wide receivers out there, and they decided the cutoff wasn't going to be... Um, because again, in my mind, Trevor Davis is, the, you know, number six or five or whatever number we're at, and then would be Shepard or Lazard, wherever we're at. And this really flips it on its head, but again, if he's hurt, that puts everything back in its place. So, very uh, confusing, but whatever. Uh, running backs that didn't play, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, that makes complete sense, that was expected. Tight ends that didn't dress, Jimmy Graham, uh, Marquez apparently, Robert Tanyan, and Mercedes Lewis. So really that just kind of puts a nail in the whole, are we moving on from Jimmy or Mercedes, right? Apparently in the Packers' mind, no. Again, pending injuries. But also, not only is it no, but it would kind of suggest to me that the order would be Jimmy, then Mercedes, then probably Tanyan, then Sternberger. Right? And unless there's a, a variable I'm missing here, that, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, offensive linemen, Bakhtiari, Balaga, Taylor, Lindsley, and uh, Billy Turner. So the starting offensive line didn't play. Um, the fact that Lane Taylor didn't, didn't start, uh, as I suggested on Twitter, kind of tells us what we need to know, that the guy's, he's the starter. And then about 30 seconds later, Twitter blows up. I think it was Gutekunst or somebody just confirmed that he will be the starter week one which uh, flies in the face of the speculation that Roto World once again got me with, which is Roto World throws out, looks like the Packers are moving on from Lane Taylor, and it's like, what are you talking about? What happened? So, of course, I just retweeted because I'm at work and i got stuff to do, and then you go to find out that they're just doing Roto World things where they take a 53-man prediction, which is a guess, uh, and I forget who it was, you know, Domofsky or, or whoever, it doesn't matter. Everybody's just guessing. And uh, they report it in a way that suggests there's some reality to it. And I think Roto World really needs to stop doing that. But anyways, them's the starters. And also, I believe they said Elton Jenkins did suit up, but he was just there as sort of a backup rotational player just in case. So he was kind of suited up but held out, which makes sense again because it's it, it just kind of shows the where he's at, right? He's sort of that next level. Um, he's not a starter, but we also really don't want to get him hurt. And then at fullback, essentially it was a full go. Danny Vitale is, I don't think there's any real competition there. He is the starting fullback, and they did start him. They did play him, so they didn't even bother to hold him out. Um, Malcolm Johnson did not suit up. Have to assume that's injury-related. I don't know. Uh, on defense, Kevin King, Jair, Tony Brown, Tremont, and Kabion Ento were out. They don't put these in order, so I'm just trying to make sure I got it all. I think that's all the corners. So the one thing that I did notice, kind of strange to me, not really strange, but I guess troubling. So in order, if we're looking at it just on, you know, the depth chart, I guess, Jair, who was out, Kevin King was out, but also kind of injured, so it doesn't tell us a ton, but I mean, I'm pretty sure he would have sat out anyways. Tony Brown, makes sense. Tremont, makes sense. Ento, I'm guessing, is hurt. Could be wrong, but I that would be weird. The guy on here that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb that wasn't on the or that was on the field is second round pick pick Josh Jackson. That's not this this isn't a mistake. Tony Brown is ahead of Josh Jackson. Tremont Williams is ahead of Josh Jackson. And to be honest, I don't think Josh Jackson did very well. I didn't I didn't even watch the whole game, but he was struggling. And I'm watching this game against the Chiefs and I'm thinking this is a backup quarterback. This is probably a third string wide receiver. Josh Jackson can't cover this guy. It was really, really not good. This is not great. It's not a good situation. 
I mean, the, the one thing that I do appreciate, as I've said several times, is the fact that the Packers are not pushing or forcing their second-round pick up there because he's a second-round pick. And it also, in a, in a way, gives me confidence in Kevin King because I know that Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekunst, and especially Mike Pettin are not interested in when you are drafted. They care about production. You can't always say that that was the case because it was not always the case. There were there were undrafted guys who were performing well. Guys like Tony Brown would be playing well for Dom Capers. He would be on the bench. McCarthy Capers, how, whoever it was making the final call on that, would have Tony Brown on the bench and Josh Jackson would be the starter with Jair on, on week one. And I have very little doubt in my mind that that would be the case if this was still the days of Ted Thompson, Dom Capers, and Mike McCarthy. Today's Packers, however, Tony Brown, who has proven to be a good corner, is starting. Josh Jackson is fighting for a job one year after being a second-round pick. I don't think he's going to lose his job necessarily, but this is not a good sign that he's out there while Tremont and Tony Brown, Tremont being 36 years old and Tony Brown being an undrafted free agent, are not suited up. And also, again, Tremont is on the team. Tony Brown is on the team. Uh, Kevin King and Jair obviously are on the team. I thought Kadar looked decent. Again, didn't watch the whole thing. He was picked on a lot, but I thought he did a pretty decent job. He looked more competent than Josh Jackson, and it, 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 it sounds like a weird thing to say, but even when things were bad, Kadar seemed to be more quick. He seemed to know exactly how to recover from the mistake. He always made the tackle. I mean, there was one particular play. I, I remember he slipped and fell, and the guy caught it. He was able to get up, grab the guy, wrap him up, and bring him down real quick, and it just it looked... You know, obviously you want him to execute and break up the pass, but it looked like he just he knew what he was doing, he was confident, and he made a great play. Josh Jackson looks confused. He looks confused, he looks lost. You know, the guy will catch the pass, and he tries to go get him, and he, you know, he misses the tackle, and he's all fumbling around trying to go get him. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel great. Um, safeties, Adrian Amos, obviously. Raven Green makes sense. Ibrahim Campbell, I believe, is on Pup or injured in some capacity. That appears to be it. Uh, Savage did play, but this, I don't think, has anything to do with him. Um, obviously, doesn't mean he's not going to make the team. And I, I, here's the thing. I wouldn't take it necessarily so far as to say Raven Green has taken his job, although maybe that's something we should talk about. I know it sounds crazy, but, I mean, okay, so w- what it tells me right off the bat is that Darnell Savage is not up to speed yet, which makes sense. It's his first year. Not only is it his first year, but he started late because he was, you know, injured or something. What was it? I don't know. I think he was hurt. For whatever reason, he wasn't out there early. He wasn't playing a lot. He needs more time. But let's take that to its next logical conclusion. We're keeping uh, Raven Green out. Raven Green has been one of the best players, if not the best player throughout this entire preseason. Is it entirely impossible to think that our starting safeties in week one are going to be Adrian Amos and Raven Green, similar to the situation with Elton Jenkins and Lane Taylor? I mean, think why is it so easy to think that Lane Taylor is going to win over Elton Jenkins? Elton Jenkins was drafted fairly shortly after Darnell Savage was. Raven Green has played and has proven to be a much better player than I think Lane Taylor is. Maybe it's not by a huge margin. But, I mean, Lane Taylor is not an ultra-elite prospect. And what, what I've been saying is that Elton Jenkins will take that job. It's just going to take some time. He's got to get some more practice and some more reps, and it'll happen. Maybe that's where we're at with Darnell Savage. And I'm not saying he doesn't see the field in Week 1. He could get rotated in, and there's plenty of opportunities for him. But I'm talking about the label of the little S next to your name that denotes starter. 
I don't think it's impossible that our starting safeties are Raven Green and Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage is a rotational player that uh, that as he continues to grow and learn, he will eventually take that spot as a starting safety. I don't think that that's hard to imagine at all. I mean, it's a little bit upsetting because you, you see the tape and you think, oh man, he's going to be super great and super elite and you kind of hope, uh, hope he comes out and he's just Jair all over again. He's just great from the start. But a lot of prospects need time. Rashawn Gary is probably going to need some time. Rashawn Gary is going to be a rotational player. He's our third. I mean, he was our 12th overall pick, and he's going to be our third um, edge rusher. And again, we understand that. We get it. It's going to take time. Eldon Jenkins, it's going to take time. Jay Sternberger, we understand. It's going to take some time. Darnell Savage, anybody? I really, I, I'm, that's my thing now. That's my assumption. He's not getting cut. He's not a bust. He's not any of these things. I'm just saying, I, I'm thinking Raven Green may... If for no other reason, the fact that he needs more time kind of tells me something. What else? Linebackers. Uh, and, of course, they don't. Man, oh, man. Whoever does this little flip card thing is just not great. And the NFL is just lazy. Oh, yeah, Zadarius is a linebacker. Can you not get with the times? He's an edge rusher. E-D-G-E. Two-letter maximum. Bunch of dinosaurs working over there. Anyways, Curtis Bolton was out. I'm thinking he's still hurt. Oren Burks is out. He's hurt. Um, Blake Martinez is out. He's obviously our one linebacker on this entire team. I um, believe that's it. So and not a lot that you can tell because, you know, James Crawford and Ty Summers played. Okay, cool. And Curtis Bolton didn't. Yeah, but he's hurt. So pretty much everybody that was healthy that isn't Blake Martinez played. And uh, some commentary I've got on linebackers, but we'll save that for now. We're just kind of running through the flip card at this particular point in time. Edge rushers, or as they say, linebackers, because they don't know the difference. Kyler Fackrell, Zadarius Smith, Greg Roberts, uh, Preston Smith. So pretty much everybody played with the exception of Zadarius and um, Preston. Again, we can make a big deal about Kyler Fackrell not suiting up and Rashawn suiting up. But I don't necessarily think that means he's going to be number four. I think it means he needs more practice, right? There's there's several reasons why you play. I, I think the health of Rashawn Gary is important, but they need him ready to play, and he just he needs more work. Just like Lane Taylor, or excuse me, Elton Jenkins needs more work. Like Darnell Savage needs more work. Like Jay Sternberger needs more work. Kyler's his second year in the system, and they want him to play. Now, maybe he is number three in Rashawn, whatever. If that is the case, it's for now because he needs more time to develop, right? Same thing with Darnell Savage. Maybe he's number two. Maybe he's number three. It doesn't matter. Darnell Savage will be the number two. The intention is to make him number two. Maybe he's just not there yet. Jace might be the number four on on the list of tight ends. Whatever. At some point in time, I expect him to be number one. That is my expectation for Jace Sternberger. Right now, he's number four. It's going to take time. And then uh, defensive linemen, it looks like Dean Lowry and Kenny Clark, they're just protecting the franchise, right? Those guys, uh, Dean Lowry got a massive contract. Kenny Clark is expected to get a massive contract. Everybody else is going to play. So anyways, uh, we'll take a break and then do a little commentary, and then uh, we'll be done. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. 
So in no particular order, I'm kind of just running through some things here. Uh, apparently, Jamon Moore essentially cleaned out his locker. Um, he kind of knows what the situation is. He's been, uh, you know, I, I mean, I was hopeful. Jamon Moore's got some talent, but he just, he can't get out of his own head, it seems, and he had another pretty bad day. So, um, yeah, he, he knows what's coming. He'll be he'll be announced within, we'll hear his name within the first couple of days. And I, I, you know, I wish him the best, obviously, with all these guys. It's, uh, it's, it's especially frustrating, though, when it, with a guy like Jamon. I mean, it's, some people just aren't football players. You know, they, they just don't exactly have that quite, quite that level of talent, right? They can dominate high school, dominate college, or at least be good college players, almost good enough to be in the pros, but they just don't have the talent. But guys like Jamon, he's got it, man. You know, he has the, t- I don't know, I'm just saying it. It stinks, and I hopefully he lands on his feet somewhere not in the NFC North. And if he does, then I guess I hope he's not very good. That's, 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 that's as nice as I can be about this situation. If you're going to run off to the Bears, then I, I wish nothing but the worst for you. Um, so the issue with, with Bolton at this particular point in time, it sounds like they don't know, including Bolton doesn't even know exactly what his status is. And so... I understand that the general consensus is Curtis Bolton is the second best linebacker we have on this team, and that could very well be the case. But the first issue is, again, I believe that was true essentially once. There was a preseason game. He played really well. There was another one where he seemed to play really well because he made some tackles, but again, four missed tackles. It wasn't the greatest effort on the planet. And now he's hurt with an injury that could be a season-long knee injury. They don't exactly know. And the Packers don't have a lot of time to get this figured out. Now, you know, if this was another position, if this was a guy in the roster bubble as a wide receiver or a cornerback, this is an easy decision. You know, I shouldn't say he's not going to make the roster. He's, he's going to be either a, a cut or IR or something. They're going to do something, but there's no reason to force him on here. Linebacker's a bit more troubling, but I also think you look at the fact that Oren Burks is probably going to be on the 53. I don't think you carry two guys on your 53-man roster that are linebackers that are hurt, and I don't think Curtis Bolton has done enough to earn that. I don't think Oren Burks has done enough to earn that either, but he's a second-round pick, and they like his upside, blah, blah, blah. That's a little bit different of a situation than Josh Jackson. This is a guy who has shown he has some talent. I think Patton seems to like him, et cetera, et cetera, which matters for, you know, because he's the defensive coordinator. But he just hasn't been given an opportunity. Kind of similar to Kevin King, kind of, but not really, but sort of. Where they see the talent, they believe that if, if he can just stay healthy, he can get it done. Um, so in that case, you give a second-round pick the benefit of the doubt, Kevin King included in that. Josh Jackson is, is not hurt. He just does not play very well. But we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll find out very shortly what the Packers decide to do. It's a tough situation. Um, again, no particular order here, but Jay Sternberger seemed to have a pretty good night. He did have an injury, though. Um, he was kind of limping around a little bit, but he came back in, and uh, he also had a touchdown, which I don't think was even that super fantastic of a pass. But uh, either way, I mean, it just kind of goes to show exactly what this offense looks like. It's, it's the exact kind of misdirection. You know, everybody runs one way. I, mean, I, I actually remember a play very similar to that that the Rams ran, and it was kind of the first glimpse I had of what it is the Rams do that, are, that is so beautiful. And again, it's, it's manipulating really good linebackers. Right? It's, it's actually more effective when you have super athletic linebackers because when you get really fast linebackers running in the wrong direction, they actually get further in the wrong direction than the slow guys. So you get everybody going one way, you slip a guy like Sternberger out the other side, that is just a staple of this kind of an offense. And of course, you know, you've got one defender who has to decide, do I prevent the quarterback from running in or do I cover Sternberger? He does what a lot of defenders do, is, and that is to just kind of hang somewhere in the middle, which does no good to anybody, and he throws a pass to a, essentially a wide-open Jay Sternberger. It was a pretty beautiful thing, and it got me really excited because, again, 
big fan of Jace, and I think that's a, a good sign of what he can be in the future. Another somewhat interesting note, somebody that's got some uh, some opportunity here is Mr. Marcus Jones. You know, I, I know we had talked about a situation in which we got rid of a pass rusher, and I would like to keep another pass rusher, but I don't really know who would be worth keeping. Marcus Jones is interesting because, you know, on one hand, you want to look at it and say, okay, well, it was it was one preseason game where he had a really good outing, and that's great, but, I mean, come on, it's one preseason game. On the other hand, they just picked the guy up a month ago. Like he's brand spanking new to the team, essentially. So, um, you know, it, it, you know, we, we haven't seen much, but he hasn't been here very long. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to necessarily go so far as to say he was the reason they felt comfortable moving on. And also, I mean, it, it's not there's not a lot of, of data out there. He's, he was picked up as an undrafted free agent this year, and he was picked up by the Baltimore Ravens. He's a, he's a small school guy, so it's one of those things where you can see how a guy like this slips through the cracks. Why didn't he get, get drafted? I don't know. Maybe because he played at Angelo State. Why didn't he make it with the Ravens? I don't know. He's new to the NFL. Maybe it takes some time for him to figure this stuff out. I mean, he didn't even play D1. He probably would have struck. I mean, imagine him even going to a place like Clemson or, or whatever. Mississippi State. He probably struggled to make an active roster there. So it's one of those things where it's unlikely that he does a lot of really awesome things. But at the same time, he's one of those guys that can slip through the cracks and actually be a productive player. And I'm not talking about better than Rashawn. I'm not talking about better than Zadarius or a Zadarius type player. I'm just saying a, a productive guy that can play on or above the level of, you know, uh, you know a Reggie Gilbert. You know, saying he could be better than a Reggie Gilbert isn't that that crazy. So we'll see. I mean, it, it, it's another one that I would say is somewhat unlikely, but it's something to keep an eye on. I think there's still a, a deficiency there. I don't like carrying just four outside linebackers. Um, what else? Oh, Trey Matthews is another one. I think he had another great day. He's one of the highest graded players via PFF. He's been phenomenal. Um, I think he's somebody to keep an eye on. I didn't put him on my 53 because I felt like we had enough with Ibrahim, but I, I just think he's one of those guys that's going to be hard to keep off. Um, one of the most upsetting things was Crosby missed an extra point. So, you know, it, it kind of gets back to that point of if this is a legitimate competition, what does Ficken need to do? What more do we need to see than the guy who we're paying a decent amount of money to that we're considering moving on from missing an extra point and Sam Ficken essentially being perfect throughout the the preseason? I still don't think it's the right decision. I've made my case on that. But um, it is what it is, and and we'll see. Um, I I still stand by I would like Crosby. I understand that's going to come with some hiccups. I know that that's going to be problematic, and who knows? Maybe he's in a full-fledged funk like he's been in before. I, I you know maybe it is time to move on. But again, there's two problems here. Number one, I'm worried about moving on from Crosby because we've seen that in every case. I mean, Atlanta's bringing Matt Bryant back. The guy's 59 years old. I'm making that up, but he's really old. And they're like, you know what? Same as Crosby, right? He's still a good kicker, but he's kind of losing his edge. Let's move on. They're trying to find a new kicker, trying as hard as they can. Everybody's garbage. And they're like, hey, man, you want to come back and play for us? We were just kidding when we cut you before. Everybody does that. Every single team that gets rid of a Pro Bowl caliber kicker, that a guy that's been a staple kicker for your franchise, they get rid of him because they think they're so smart. No, we don't. I don't want to spend two million dollars on a kicker. That's crazy talk. Kickers don't even matter. Then you move on from them. You get a guy like Sam Ficken that nobody's ever heard of. The guy can't kick, and you go into panic mode, and you end up like the Bears. It, it, you see that guy miss that kick? How wide he missed that kick? I mean, he kicked that, like, straight to his left. I don't even know how that's physically possible. 
I don't even know if it made it to the end zone. But that's what happens. They had a guy that was awesome. They decided to get rid of him. And then they then then they had somebody that, you know, I understand the double doink was problematic and the guy wasn't great, but I still think he was better. They, they just keep cutting guys, and, and it just keeps getting worse. But anyways, it, again, it is what it is, and if we get Ficken, then uh, I'm on the Ficken train, and there you go, all excited about it. Frickin' Ficken, kicking Ficken, frickin' kicking Ficken, whatever. It, it's, you know, print up the t-shirts, man, I'm all about it. But, um, you know, we'll see. Um, and then Dijon Allen we picked up because he's a bear and we want to prepare for the bears and get as much intel as we can. But he kind of, you know, he's like, if you're going to let me play, I'm going to show you that I'm actually a really good football player, you know. So he actually had a pretty good day. Don't super expect much because it's so late in the process. You, I just don't think you can make determinations based on one game like that unless things are just so horrible. It's like, well, I mean, so horrible and you just have an extra spot. Like you, you come up with like one short and it's like, I don't know, who do we add? Well, throw Dijon on there, I guess. I don't know. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think a guy who's been on the team for a day, plays kind of well, uh, is going to boot somebody else off the team. I just don't think that's how that works. Um, what else? Matt LaFleur commented on the situation with Lane Taylor. He, he said essentially what I've been saying. Quote, I think it's just a comfort factor, LaFleur said after Thursday night's preseason finale. You've got an experienced player in Taylor. I think Elton's got a lot to learn, but there's a lot to like about him. I think he's got a bright future. Again, exact same situation with all the rookies. They're young. They need more practice. They're all talented, right? Savage, I believe, has more talent than Raven Green. However, Raven Green is playing better football right now because Darnell Savage has been in the NFL for like 45 seconds. Rashawn Gary, who is apparently a massive bust, and everybody, it's amazing seeing Packer fans just love talking about how bad Rashawn Gary is, and I cannot wait until he becomes a good football player and just destroys people and gets sacks and whatnot. But they won't stop because they'll end up with seven sacks on the season, and they're going to say, well, that's unacceptable for a guy that's a 12th overall pick. You expect better than that, blah, 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 get a life. But that's what it is, and I'm and I'm fine with it. I, I think it's awesome. Um, again, Lane Taylor is not my favorite, but you look around the NFL, Lane Taylor is a, is a decent enough starting guard, right? Compare that to some teams, Lane Taylor would be the probably the best offensive lineman on the Texans. He would be an upgrade on several teams. I'm not upset about it. I do think we need an upgrade, and I do think we have an upgrade. But in the meantime, we've actually got depth, and I'm, I'm excited about that as well. I mean, if, if somebody gets hurt at guard, if Billy Turner gets hurt, if, if Elton Jenkins, or <laughs> nope, Corey Lindsley gets hurt, if, if uh, Lane Taylor gets hurt, Elton Jenkins is right there, and that's, that's pretty cool. And uh, we've got a, got a few others. And no, if I haven't made it clear, I'm not worried about a single rookie. I don't think any of them are where, they would li- where the, the team would like them to be, right? Go down the list with the exception maybe of Kingsley Kiki, but even that, he's not a starter. He's not. He's going to be a rotational player. The starting defensive line is Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and Montrevious Adams. Is Kingsley Kiki going to take Montrevious' spot? Yeah, maybe. He may be a starter by the end of the year. That would be cool. I mean, not really, because Montrevious should be that guy, but whatever. But that could be the case for a lot of people. Darnell Savage could be that guy. Jay Sternberger could be that guy. Elton Jenkins could be that guy. Rashawn could even be that guy. So it's not time to panic until it's time to panic. And and really, if we're, if we're coming at this with a measured thought process, there's almost never a year for any team in the history of the universe in which every one of these players ends up being a starter and awesome, right? We, well, we've got, you know, two first-round picks and a second-round pick and a third-round pick and a fourth-round pick, and I expect all these guys to be starters. Well, then you're doing it wrong, man, because that just doesn't happen for hardly anybody ever. To not bust out in the first four rounds is nearly impossible. 
Um, if, if I didn't say it, I think I did, but um, this is why you should do things in order and actually have notes. Boyle starting kind of locked it up for me. I already mentioned that yesterday. If Boyle starts, then I think he is the, the number two quarterback. Now, that doesn't necessarily tell me what they're going to do with Kaiser, and that's a tough situation. Do you want a guy like Kaiser, somebody who is a second-round pick, somebody who potentially has a little bit of value, to be sitting as your number three quarterback, especially a guy that you don't think is going to even play that well? I don't think so. I have to assume if Boyle is number two that we move on from Kaiser. I just don't know what the benefit of having him as a number three guy taking up a roster spot. Not that you get a lot from cutting him, but you know it's time to move on. Either he's going to step up and be the number two, or we're going to replace him with an undrafted free agent, and we got to move on. We got to figure out another something else to do with him. And and really, if it comes down to well, we we believe in him, but we think he needs more development. Well, then they would have started him. Because this is the time for development. This is the time for practice. This is when we do this. But they didn't. They're giving Boyle those opportunities because they believe if, if somebody goes down, probably Boyle's going to be the one that steps into that spot. They're not going to mess with this. This is pretty serious. If, if your quarterback goes down, you got to find a way to win games. You're not going to mess around. And if you think Kaiser's, Kaiser is going to be that guy, you're going to give him a lot of reps, and you're going to give him starting reps against the best defense you can possibly give him with your best starting offense that you can possibly give him. They didn't do that. They went with Boyle. I don't think that's a fluke. I don't think that's by accident. I don't think they're just trying stuff out. I think Boyle is clearly the number two. We'll see what happens with Kaiser. Oh, Lazard is hurt. There you go. I tried to look. Twitter's no help for anything. And I've gone through seven articles and not one person has mentioned it. There you go. So he is hurt. That answers all those questions. So never mind. See, I had a feeling, man, because like I said, this is only the second time where something completely blew my mind and then something else happened. I don't even remember what it was. But yeah, that, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And it also speaks pretty highly of, of what the situation is. It's probably going to be, um, it, it really just comes down to, is Shepard going to make the roster? Which comes down to how many wide receivers are we going to keep? If there are five, I think that I was right, that it's going to be Adams, MVS, Geronimo, Kumro, and Davis. If there's six, then Shepard makes the team. And really, I, I think Shepard's done a good job. I, I like him as a kick returner. I think he's been pretty solid. I'm tempted to change my 53. I'm not because I'm not doing another 53. But I, I would say I'm at, like, what, 50.5% that Shepard makes the team? Feeling pretty good about that. Anyways, that's all I got. I, I would I would go through my 53 and, and tweak it, but again, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's cut-down day, right? I'm, I'm beyond speculation at this point. I'm not interested in speculation. I'm, uh, I'm ready to start seeing some information roll through. And again, a um, couple things to recap. Number one, just a reminder, the plan going forward is probably going to be mini-pods which is to stay, say instead of one big podcast, there there might be several smaller, I don't know, five, ten-minute guys. Um, I haven't done a lot of those, but it's going to be a little bit different. It's it's just on my phone, so the audio quality isn't going to be as good. Also, there are some ads that are automatic on these things, so I can't take those off. If I would, I could. I'll try to talk and elaborate as much as I can to make it worth listening to the advertisements. But that will be the plan instead, because again, I don't even know if I'm going to have internet where I'm going this weekend. So I'll use up a little data to upload this podcast, these mini pods. Um, and then secondarily, again, remember Patreon. Um, if you're in there, be sure to check that out. To clarify, no, there is no payout for this. This is not something I'm saying, hey, I want everyone to pay me $5 to come play this game. This is just something that I want to do for people that are supporting me right now. If you'd like to jump in, by all means, link is in the description. But um, mostly just a heads up for anybody supporting me right now. Be sure to check out that link because I want to get that going, get some pick'em stuff going. It should be a lot of fun. We did it last year. I was not super great at it, but um, coming back with a vengeance, ladies and gentlemen. Otherwise, man, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a crazy weekend.
I'll be talking to you soon. Probably by the, by the end of the day, there'll be a mini pod up, I'm sure. Have a great Friday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Nope. Today. Probably. Bye-bye.